it's not that late. This morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 3 and 4 and 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Now, scientists readily admit that no computer has ever been invented that can match the incredible ability and complexity of the human mind. Our minds are vast reservoirs of knowledge and information and creativity. With our minds we think and we ponder, we meditate, we analyze, we visualize. Our minds can understand words, letters, numbers, symbols. With our minds we can evaluate and ascertain and discriminate. And God has endowed each of us with an incredible array of human abilities that has taken men to the moon, explored other worlds, produced masterpieces of music and song and poetry and art. But the mind, fantastic as it is, is also a double-sided coin. It's a two-edged sword. For the same mind that can invent and create something beautiful and beneficial for mankind is the exact same mind that can devise the most heinous of weapons of destruction that the world has ever known. So it's hardly surprising then that the Bible has something to say about our minds. Hardly surprising either that the devil, the enemy of our souls, wants to use our mind against us because he knows the power of it. Never underestimate the power of your mind and the importance of it as a Christian to live a victorious Christian life. Our minds have to be sanctified, separated unto God, have to be disciplined, have to be brought under control of God's Word and God's Spirit. Either we will control our minds or our minds will control us. It will be one or the other. Now Paul, in this letter to the Corinthian believers, said, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments or reasonings, or thoughts, or as the AV says, imaginations. Now, in the battleground of our mind, there are two kinds of thoughts that can assail us. 
And these are ways in which the enemy of your soul will try to build a stronghold in your mind. Now notice the word that Paul uses here. Casting down arguments, thoughts, imaginations. Now the word here is logismos. L-O-G-I-S-M-O-S. Logismos. That's the same word from which we get logic from. They talk about thinking logically, reasonably, using our rationale and our reason, our logic. That's where that word comes from. And so whenever the devil puts thoughts, imaginations, arguments into a mind that seem logical and reasonable and rational, it makes it harder for us to fight against them. Are you with me? If it seems logical and it seems reasonable and it seems rational, then it's harder to fight against that. Now thank God for a mind that can think sanely and soundly and wisely and sensibly. Thank God for that. But God will come to us at various times in our life and He'll speak to us or He'll show us something, some part of his will or his purpose for our life and it will seem unreasonable, irrational, illogical. So instead of accepting God's thoughts by faith, then we apply our purely rational, natural reasoning. And once we do that, then what God has spoken or what God has written or what God has said will seem absolutely crazy. Can't be God. Mustn't be God. Because in our minds, it's not rational. It's not logical. It doesn't make sense. Our natural reasoning will take over. Our natural reasoning is good many times, but lots of times, especially when it comes to the will of God and to the mind of God and to the purpose of God, sometimes our natural mind just takes over and we don't see any sense, any logic, any rationale in it and we just ditch it and we give it up. And so whenever we start to do that, the enemy can get a stronghold in our minds and our reasoning, our thinking, our logic, our rationale begins to pit itself against the will of God and the purpose of God and the mind of God and the thoughts of God and the Word of God. Are you still with me? And it happens much more than we imagine it does. It happens a lot, actually. Another kind of stronghold in our thought life are fears that are unfounded. Now, the enemy loves to use this. Fears that are unfounded. Things that we think are going to happen that never will happen. An illness that you think you're going to get that you're never going to get. An accident that you think you're going to get happen but it doesn't actually happen and never will happen. A failure that you think is going to take place in your life but actually it's not going to take place in your life. A loss that you think you're going to experience that you never will experience. These are fears that are unfounded. Now, all of us has these flit through our minds from time to time. 
But I'm talking about whenever they lodge there. And you keep thinking about it. And you keep wondering about it. And then you start to believe it. And then you convince yourself it's going to happen. When that happens, it's a stronghold in your mind. It makes sense to you. You say, yeah, I could see that. I can understand why that would happen. And suddenly that unfounded fear becomes a stronghold in your life. Now, we must deal with these things. We either control our minds or our minds will control us. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Either we take our thoughts captive or our thoughts take us captive. Either we take a stronghold of our thoughts or our thoughts will take a stronghold of us, one or the other. Let's consider that word stronghold for just a moment. Every stronghold. The word stronghold here means a castle, a fortress, a citadel. And W.E. Vine, the great expositor, said that it implies fortifying with the idea of holding safely. Now, it's interesting that castles and fortresses were built to withstand invaders, to keep people from getting in. And they're built with strong, stout walls and great bulwarks and great heavy doors and gates. And the idea is once they are locked, that invaders from the outside can't get in. But almost all castles and fortresses had something else inside them because they were being attacked continually. They had prisons inside them. Somewhere where they could hold safely prisoners where they couldn't get out. Ever been to Carrickfergus Castle? A few of you should go. If you haven't been, you should go learn a little bit of our history. That great Norman fortress sitting there on the edge of Belfast Loch. And if you go in there and have a good look around, you'll come across dungeons, prisons, where people were held safely and they couldn't get out. Now Paul is saying here that what the devil wants to do, by your thoughts, build a stronghold in your life. By your thoughts, imprison you. Make a prison in your mind. Imprison you. That's what he wants to do. Now, a prison is very hard to break out of. But it's equally hard to break into. Whenever someone accepts the devil's lies and it becomes a stronghold, a prison in their mind, it's hard for them to break out of that. But it's equally hard for us to break into that. Have you ever talked to somebody who has believed a lie? And they're so absolutely convinced that almost no matter what you say to them, it doesn't penetrate. It just doesn't get through. You just can't get in. 
And it's like talking to a wall. They're just so convinced in their mind. They so believe it. It seems so reasonable and logical to them <laughs> that it's hard for us to break through with the truth. So they often refuse to listen. The fortress becomes seemingly impregnable. It seems so secure. Now remember that Satan is a liar. Jesus said he was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. Jesus said he is the father of lies. He is an expert in the field. He's a professional liar. He is an accomplished, convincing liar. No mistake about it. He is a genius when it comes to lying. And he will try to convince you that what God has said is just not true. Isn't that what he did right in the very beginning in the Garden of Eden? Has God said? Eve, do you think that's what God really meant? Are you sure you picked them up right? Has God really said that? And so this is his way he operates. He lies. He'll try to get you to doubt every promise that God has ever made. Try to get you to lose confidence in God. He'll try to make you feel that God has forgotten about you. He'll try to make you lose sight of what you are in Christ and what you have in Christ. He will shoot his fiery darts at you, hoping to get one to lodge in your mind. And once he builds that stronghold, he wants to keep adding to it fears and your doubts, your loss of confidence in God and in yourself. But Paul says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This means every contrary thought, every disobedient thought, every rebellious, defiant, unchristlike, carnal, prideful thought that exalts man above God. Man's ways above God's ways. Man's will above God's will. It means every vain philosophy, every religious tradition that makes our faith void, every teaching that dishonors Christ and His gospel. We have to bring all of that into submission to Christ. That's what we've got to do. We watch the news. We listen to reports. We see television read our papers, and through all of that there, we've got to submit that to Christ. We've got to submit this to God's Word. How do we do that? We take up this Word and we say, it is written. It is written. It is written. We stand upon the promises of God and we say, let God be true and every man a liar. That's what we say. We say, as John said in 1 John 5, 9, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Jesus said in Matthew 6, five times he said it. So we couldn't make any mistake what he was getting at. He said, take no thought. And it means take no anxious thought. We have to think. We have to plan. We have to organize. Not talking about that. He says take no 
anxious, worrying, fearful thought about our lives. Five times he said that in just a few verses. So that means two things. If he says, take no thought, it means that someone is offering us the thought. Someone is pushing that thought towards us, trying to get it into our minds. And so he said, don't take it. It's being offered, but you don't have to take it. Take no thought. You say, well, what do I do? Well, sometimes you have to talk to yourself. I know it's not always a good sign, talking to yourself. Don't let anybody see you talking to yourself. <laughs> Do you ever drive along in your car and you stop the lights and you start talking to yourself? You're muttering away there and then you look sideways and there's somebody sitting looking at you. <laughs> They're trying to figure, what is that? <laughs> I was sitting at the lights one day and uh, it's wrist faded and I saw this car with a, with a claim uh, written on it so I just knew that was John Greer because that's the name of his, uh, that was then. That was the name of uh, his organization he drove for. And so uh, I drew up beside it, gave the horn a big blast. And the person looked over and it wasn't John at all. <laughs> I thought there was only one car with a claim on it. And so I just quickly looked away and just sat there. <laughs> He's probably thinking, who took the horn at me there? <laughs> and so when that thought is being offered to you, you have to say, that's not my thought. That's not God's thought. And if it's not my thought and it's not God's thought, guess whose thought it is? That's why Jesus said, do not take it. Do not take it. And then Peter, in 1 Peter 1.13, he says, Gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. Now, you know, in those days, in fact, in Eastern lands, they still do it. They wear, men wears long gowns. And so whenever they had to work or run or war, They'd have to gather up that long gown and tuck it into their belt. Otherwise, they'd be tripped up and they would stumble. So that was girding up your loins. And Peter says, gird up the loins of your mind so you don't trip and stumble. So that you can carry on without falling and tripping all the time. Because the enemy wants to stumble you. He wants to trip you up. And the easiest place and the quickest way for him to do it is in your mind. In your thoughts. How you think. So Peter says, gird up the loins of your mind. You know, there's not a little thought in that I was thinking about. Because often when the Bible speaks of loins, it's speaking of something that has been given birth. So-and-so came from the loins of so-and-so. The Bible uses that terms when somebody is born, it came from the loins of whoever. And so thoughts sometimes are birthed in our mind. 
You wonder where they come from sometimes. They just seem to pop up, don't they? You have to be careful and think before this grows anymore. <laughs> before this matures, I've got to deal with it. Because once it starts to mature, it's harder to deal with. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a what? Sound mind. Two words for sound. They're both put together. Phineo is mind. Zodzo is salvation. So speaking about a mind that is saved, that is delivered, that has been rescued. And sometimes our minds need saved, delivered, rescued, don't they? Because sometimes they're not as sound as we think they are. Because we think the wrong things and we follow that line of thinking the enemy wants to sow into our minds. And 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul writes here, and he's particularly writing about the end times. And 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 says, verse 1, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if it's from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you and so forth. He goes on to talk about Now listen. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus and our gathering together unto him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind and troubled. Now Jesus in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 spoke of the end times. And he talked about a series of events that was going to take place in the world, which I believe we're beginning to see. And he said it would become so severe that men's hearts would fail them for fear of the things that are coming upon the earth. So we haven't seen it all yet. He talked about distress of nations. We're beginning to see that. Distress of nations. Nations imploding, crumbling before our eyes. Despots being kicked out and killed. Leadership of nations changing very quickly. And now America and Israel and the UN is deeply concerned that Iran has nuclear Power, ability. Deeply concerned. And they have every right to be deeply concerned. For a nation that's determined to wipe Israel of the face of the map. And that's their president's own words. And so there's stuff that's going to happen in these last days. And it's going to speed up. And it's going to come again and again and again. And we're going to sit and watch our TV screens. And it'll take our breath away what's going to happen. And in those times, Paul said, be not 
shaken in mind. Be not shaken in mind. The temptation is that it will even trouble us. Hey, listen, we ought to know I'm telling you before it happens so that we know, so that we're not shaken in mind. So we know why it's happening. We know the end of the times is upon us. When Jesus talked about the second coming, he says there are to be comforting things. Paul said, comfort one another with these words. And so there's going to be a lot of things happening in these last days that if we're not careful and if we're weak in our thinking and we don't know the Word of God, then we will be shaken in mind like the rest of the world. But whenever you watch your TV, you see these things happening, you can say, this is the Word of God coming to pass. This is the Word of God happening before my very eyes. And I'm not going to be shaken in mind. I'm going to believe that God is in control of everything. Amen. Then the last scriptures in Philippians chapter 4. Verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And Paul uses a military term. Shall garrison your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God shall set up a guard around your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. That's good to know in these last days, isn't it? That's good to know when the whole world is going to be shaken when the economies is going to absolutely just dissipate and be gone, and the euro, we don't know what's happening with the euro at the minute. Nobody seems to know what's going on with the euro. And so if I was an unbeliever sitting watching TV today and the news, I would be shaken in mind. But the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, a standing guard around my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Isn't it wonderful to have the peace of God? And that's why he says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. The title of my message today was Mind Your Mind. Mind your mind. Because that is the gateway 
of which the enemy will try to steal your peace and your joy and your confidence and your trust and all those things. And he does it by getting a thought in there. And that thought becomes a stronghold. Paul says, cast it down. Pull it down. Dismantle it. Let there not be one stone left upon another. Break it before it breaks you. All of us has had occasions in the past when a thought has come into our mind and we really, really struggle with it. It might have been a temptation. It might have been a thought of, of rebellion. It may have been a thought of despair or whatever. We had to struggle with it, but we overcame it. We took the Word of God and we applied the Word of God. And whenever you take the Word of God and apply it, that stronghold will be broken and you'll be free to think God's thoughts and God's ways. It'll not be your natural reasoning. It'll not be your logical thinking that will do it. It'll be the Word of God. Let God be true and every man a liar. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, forgive us for the times whenever we doubted your word. Forgive us, Lord, for those moments whenever, Lord, we put our thinking above your thinking. Whenever our will superseded your will. When our ways seem better than your ways. Forgive us for that, Lord. And help us right now to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Help us, Lord, to weigh every thought that's contrary to God's Word, to weigh it with the Word of God, and to trust God's Word instead, to believe the Scriptures. Lord, for those who are struggling today, Lord, with that thought, Lord, it has just become so strong in their thinking. It has imprisoned a part of their life. Lord, in the name of Jesus and by the power of your word and your spirit, let it be broken today. And Lord, let it be replaced by the true word of the living God. Lord, help us to see what you say about us is the truth. Lord, we bring every thought into captivity today. And Lord, it may come kicking and screaming, but we're going to bring it into captivity. We're going to make it bend and bow the knee to Christ. Lord, we confess that Jesus is Lord today. Lord, over our minds and our thoughts and our thinking. And Lord, we want to exalt you and lift you up higher. Let your name be glorified and praised in Jesus' name. Lord, bless us, Lord, as we go out into this working week, Lord, from tomorrow. And Lord, when those thoughts would try to sneak up on us, help us, Lord, to recognize and say, that's not my thought. That's not God's thought. So I refuse to retain it. I cast it down in Jesus' name and I believe the living word of the living God. Amen. Amen.